We know nothing about power. The dogs are barking. The coyotes will be next. The howls will come. And I will join them. Love, Terry. That was author Terry Tempest Williams. She's an award-winning poet. And the clip you just heard, the one of Terry howling with coyotes, it is almost unnerving. I wasn't sure what to make of it when I first heard it or whether to take her seriously. I was listening to something clearly very intimate. Terry's note was essentially an audio journal. And the woman she was journaling with or sending this to was a writer named Bianca Gaver. And I'm a big fan. So I was like both thrilled and extremely intimidated and scared of messing this up. Um, And so I wholeheartedly agreed. For two weeks in 2020, these women traded audio letters back and forth to each other. Bianca chronicled their conversations for her podcast, Constellation Prize. Bianca chose Terry as a kind of spiritual guide for the second season of her show. And what came of their time together was this new perspective and kind of spiritual revival of this age-old practice of night walking. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places Today, I talk with Bianca about her spiritual journey through the night with Terry Tempest-Williams. After this. When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself. You might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. When I first heard Constellation Prize, this season about night walking, I just fell in love. It is this first-person examination of all of the things that Bianca has these big questions about, these 
you know, huge, what is my purpose in the world? Is there a God? How do I find meaning? These types of questions. But it is not this philosophical drag. It is this beautiful personal examination. So I wanted to ask Bianca about her motivations for making the show. So it started out as just a s- artistic space for me to explore my own curiosities in a podcast. A major theme I've found in following my instincts is that there's a lot of interviews with strangers and a lot of the episodes are about getting to know strangers in different ways. Her first season covered topics ranging from spending six months with a random school crossing guard to Bianca listening to 500 personal tapes from the poet Franz Wright. For season two of the show, Bianca decided to narrow her focus down to just one subject, one stranger who would walk with her, quite literally in a sense, on this quest of meaning-making. That stranger was Terry Tempest-Williams. Here's Bianca describing Terry in this clip from Constellation Prize. In photos, she had piercing blue eyes, a shock of white hair, and was often standing in front of the desert rocks of Utah, elegantly draped in cashmere. She was also an ex-Mormon who, unlike my grandfather, didn't abandon her spirituality when she abandoned her religion. Instead, she had built her own system of belief. Finding beauty in a broken world is creating beauty in the world we find. I was hopeful that she would clarify the ambiguity in my life around my God problem. The fact that she wanted to work with me felt miraculous. So these two brilliant creative women hatched a plan for their journey together. They were going to go on a solo walk every night between the new moon and the full moon. And then we wrote each other a letter and recorded it in audio about what we saw on our walks. Terry is a deeply spiritual person and, and a true artist and a beautiful writer. And she's her relationship to the natural world is unlike anyone else's that I've ever experienced. She has a relationship with it the way I feel like I have relationships with humans. You know, to her, it is a living, breathing force. What were you looking for in this series of night walks? What was the kind of search about? As with my other work, a huge theme is um, looking for some kind of God or godlike thing in my life that I can relate to. I'm from an atheist family. They're extremely proud atheists, um, but I felt like that didn't give me a very strong framework for how to make meaning of the world and combat feelings of depression, um, particularly during a crisis like the pandemic. Um, So I'm often in my work looking for people who do believe or do identify as believers to learn more about like What does that mean? What does that look like to you? And the more you talk to people who believe, they all have very different and very personal definitions of God and what they think God is. So I'm really interested in how that manifests on an individual level and how people come to their own definitions and understandings of God. Yeah. I I connected with that uh, in the show a lot. I come from a a religious family, a family of multiple pastors, although also a very kind of um, uh, understanding, pretty liberal kind of Christian uh, religious heritage. 
I had myself baptized when I was 13. So I was like quite a believer in a way in my teen years. And over the years, I've sort of, I haven't lost the faith, but I've sort of weirdly lost the container for it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I have a kind of loose liquid of faith, but it's not well constructed. It's not well held or has like clear definitions around it in a way. I think that's true for a lot of people. Night walking became the container, at least for a while, that Bianca could store her own existential liquid in. And with Terry as her guide, Bianca dived headfirst into the depth of the night. She didn't know what they would capture. This act of walking into the night, no artificial lights, just you and the darkness and the sounds of nature, created a kind of new pathway for her to explore. Dear Terry, it was cold tonight, 58 degrees. I went walking with my roommate, Matt. We had just had a fight about how much butter to use while cooking. We found a mailbox with no house attached and made some sounds with it. Dearest Bianca, I loved receiving your letter. And I love hearing that you were walking with your roommate, Matt. Walking tonight, dear Bianca, is walking with you and Matt. It's amazing how travel and being together is now in the mind. Imagination is my greatest companion. Dear Terry, I've arrived back home from tonight's walk. It was 45 minutes. Temperature was 62 degrees. I ventured out with Matt again. Dearest Bianca, today was cooler, only 102 degrees. Returning to the comfort of dark desert nights, I walk alone. A time to think and not think. To wear my solitude as loose clothing. So I was sort of getting a taste for this practice, this ritual that means a lot to her, and trying it on for myself. Um, So you go out on your own without a flashlight. You can bring a flashlight, but the point is to just walk through the darkness alone and confront the darkness. And for Terry, the act of night walking is a metaphor of confronting fear, confronting the unknown. When you walk alone at night, you see the landscape in a different way. Going from the new moon to the full moon, I guarantee (laughs) you'll have an experience Um, and a, a new way of relating to where you live um, because the landscape really does look different and we don't normally bother or have any reason these days to confront the night, to experience the night. You know, we can sort of control nighttime and and when we want to have it and darkness and where we have it. Um, so it is a kind of surrender to go out every night and uh, and do a night walk. And at first I was too afraid to go, so I took my roommate. Too afraid to go alone, so I took my roommate. And then eventually I worked up the courage to start doing it alone. I did some test walks alone, but I only made it like 50 or 100 yards because it's unbelievably scary and your mind really does play tricks on you. You start to see things that aren't there. You start thinking about the animals, the wildlife that lives in your area. You you get home and you're Googling like, um, like, okay, how many bears are in like my county? Um, (laughs) And also like where I was staying at the time, there wasn't any cell phone reception um, on that road. So, and I, and same with Terry. Um, And I think that's kind of part of it too, is just going without a cell phone in your usual lifelines. 
um, and encountering the wilderness in a new way. There's some history to night walking too, right? It's like this has sort of a place in a cultural history that we've forgotten. Night walking used to be a huge part of people's lives um, to go to the local tavern at night in the early modern period in Europe, at least people would traverse well-worn paths to get there. Um, they would memorize, you know, the number of steps in their home, you know, light was scarce and it was expensive to, you know, burn fuel, um, to have light in your home. So you were like, people were often used to navigating, around their house and they knew where all the furniture was or they would push it to the sides at night. And people would really use the stars and the moon to guide them when they walked outside at night. They were definitely really aware of the moon cycle and if there were clouds and how much light they would be able to have to help guide them. And then in the Enlightenment period, you know, night walking really went out of fashion. It was all about you know, rationalism, um, light, daytime. Um, and it wasn't until the Romantic period that I think artists and writers really dis rediscovered the value of the night. Um, and that's when a lot of poets started writing about their night walks again, painting, you know, night scenes and really celebrating the magic, the mystery and the darkness that artists can confront at night. Over the course of their two-week experiment, Terry found what she was looking for out in the night, in the desert. Bianca, however, struggled more with the task. Dear Terry, today is a failed letter. I completely lost faith in the night walks. I feel like I have no interesting nuggets to share, no big-picture thoughts. Dearest Bianca, there is no such thing as a failed letter, only the gift of the letter you sent. As Bianca continued to walk through the night, she realized she could not just try on Terry's spirituality, that she would have to find her own way. Over the course of that project, I was trying on Terry's way of being and her um, sense of spirituality and relationship to God. And I think I realized by the end that, like, while that was an incredible experience and I was in awe of her belief, um, it's not my way. And, you know, when someone has worked so hard and they come from a very particular history to form their own sense of beliefs, you can't just really take that. Like, it doesn't work. It doesn't really fit to just, like, put on someone else's practice. Nature means something to Terry and she has a relationship with it that like, I just don't have that history and that experience. So by the end I had to be like, okay, first of all, damn, <laughs> like I hoped that this would be the answer and it's not, it's just not that simple or that easy, but I did feel very inspired um, and optimistic that I could find my own practices and my own sense of belief in something greater. Season two of Constellation Prize demanded a lot of Bianca, not just the night walks, but she was forced to bear this pretty personal part of herself. It's not something she loves, but it is something she ends up being drawn to in her work. Your shows are like, are, are remarkably personal. 
They're like, really, yeah. you're really, you're willing to go quite in depth about like your emotional, spiritual state, your romantic life. Like you, there's a level of kind of like bearing your soul to the world that I think is more than most people are willing to do. Yeah, it's weird. I don't, I don't love that, but with each of these stories, because they're not so like plot heavy, I feel like in order to ex to tell them, I need to put myself in them in order for listeners to have like a guide in through the experience or a listener to relate to or someone to, you know, listen with them or meet this person with them. The like revealing myself to the world thing is not always like the thing I'm most excited about, but it ends up being like, <laughs> like, well, it's my experience, so this is like what I have to offer. To listen to Constellation Prize season two for yourself, and I cannot recommend it highly enough. It is, it's only four episodes and they are all so good. Go to thebeliever.net or just look for it anywhere podcasts are available. And if you want to learn more about the history of night walking, Bianca wrote a great essay that we will link to in the show notes. And finally, if you are searching for something and you're not sure what it is, try going for a night walk. You might be surprised by what you find. This episode was produced by Gabby Gladney. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. The production team includes Dylan Thuris, Chris Naka, Doug Baldinger, Camille Stanley, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire Seuss. Our technical director is Casey Holford. And this episode was sound designed by Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a, like a good neighbor. Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.